Hey everybody, it's Jeremy, and welcome back to the latest episode of The Memory Box. Thanks for tuning in again. Sorry it's been a few weeks. Actually, it's been a little bit over a month. Um, made the mistake, I guess if you will, of relying on a couple of people that I thought were going to be coming on. I had reached out to a couple of guests. Um, still kind of working with those people, but it's not looking promising. But after emailing and corresponding back and forth... It looked like it might happen, and I was kind of waiting, hoping to do those as podcasts, and didn't really put any time into doing anything in between, because I thought that I would be uh, having some guests on for you guys. So I'll keep working on that, and uh, in the meantime, um, after kind of figuring out that they were not going to be on, I went ahead and started working on a podcast for today. So... Hope you guys enjoy. As always, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll get into that, um, what we want to talk about today. So today's episode, um, I've been kind of working on on the back burner for a little while, and like I said, finally putting some polish on it when I realized I needed to put together a podcast, because it's been a little while. And so, you know, let's get into it. It'll be kind of a short one, but it's a fun one for me. So today we're going to be talking about an individual Um, And this individual was the leader of two up-and-coming Seattle grunge bands in the late 80s and 90s. Um, These bands uh, were touted as the true start of the Seattle grunge music and movement. On top of that, he was the main reason uh, for the collaboration of one of the biggest super bands of that era and of that um, sound um, that that particular super band would later go on to have a Billboard Top 5 song. Um, He inspired the music of um, two separate popular bands, um, helping to launch what is now legendary careers for both of those bands. And he did all of it before the age of 24 when he tragically died of a heroin overdose. And the person that I am talking about is Andrew Wood of the band Mother Love Bone. So, Andrew, you know, truly um, was kind of the definition of the inspirational quote, act as if what you do makes a difference because it does. Um, You know, he was one of many um, that tragically um, have passed away uh, well into their young careers of music. Um, But what always fascinated me was his, his reach and... And, and being how far along it is now, seeing the success that has occurred because of him, or, or maybe I suppose in spite of him, um, and I always am fascinated by these type of stories because I think, you know, about the what-ifs, and uh, if, if he could have got himself clean and kept working on his music, how different would the landscape of the Seattle and grunge music be indefinitely and and um, would it would it be what we know it is to be now so so you know Andrew was this kid from Mississippi who eventually moves up to the northeastern part of the country in Seattle starts playing in bands around the area um, you know as I said in the beginning it, he started in a couple of bands um, one called Green River and one called Malfunction. Uh, you'll have to look it up. It's spelled in a weird way. Um, 
And he started both of those and was playing with along the sides of Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament, who would later, of course, become the guitarists and um, writers in the band Pearl Jam. Um, and this is before the uh, start of Pearl Jam. <clears throat> so the three of them had started these bands, and they were really making headway, especially on the West Coast area, um, getting a lot of gigs, really making a name for themselves. <clears throat> But as tends to happen, you know, bands start to break up, people start playing with other people. Um, so they all started to kind of go their own way. Andrew started um, a different band kind of as a side project um, right after Jeff and Stone had kind of formed what is now Pearl Jam. So he starts uh, another band, Mother Love Bone, which would go on. I mean, most people, unless you truly follow um, grunge music of the 90s probably wouldn't even know who they are I think they had one or two albums very minor success but they were again successful to the point that they were creating a movement in that area and, and inspiring other bands around them now Andrew also happened to be uh, best friends and roommates with Chris Cornell who of course uh, fronted the band Soundgarden and then was also very good friends and roommates with um, Jerry Cantrell, who is the mastermind behind the band Alice in Chains. So right there alone, between the three of them, they're creating what is going to be, for sure, with Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, two of the most popular bands that you know rock has had in many years. You add to the fact that they're also kind of all friends with the guys from Pearl Jam, and that's how you get that kind of mix of of the grunge era and the Seattle Sound, really the only outlying band, because I know they're credited with starting grunge music, is Nirvana, who isn't really part of this core group, but this core group has gone on to have such success um, in spite of that. And then obviously with Kurt Cobain, you know, obviously being one of the tragic people who to lose their life at a young age, will again not ever know the true um, depth or or possibilities of what what could have been with this grunge music sound but here's what we do know so as I stated at the top um, tragically the story does involve you know Andrew having a heroin overdose at the age of 24 and and passing away um, what makes this truly sad is, like I said, being one of the pioneers and having um, the success of Mother Love Bone, they had just had a top um, song, an EP released, which then got them their first album deal. They had recorded the album and was set to release it in March of 1990. And keep in mind, this is at the same exact time that... Um, Nirvana is in the middle of recording Nevermind um, and Smells Like Teen Spirit isn't even out yet. Um, Pearl Jam is barely in its infant infancy um, and so Mother Love Bone is looking to take the reins as the beginning band of grunge music and, and like many musicians and actors of that age will never really truly understand why you know they turn to drugs um, or suicide um, 
at the peaks of their career. Uh, it's one of those mysteries of life that we'll, we may never understand. And that list of artists is so big um, that it's almost too hard to comprehend sometimes. You have everybody from Jimi Hendrix, Lane Staley, and then you have Wood. Um, and it's just tragic because, you know, I foresee it as, you know, they've been working so hard and they've been um, building up to the success. And here you have this guy and this band that is just at the point of finally releasing their album and really taking the reins from the glam rock of the 80s. And then he tragically overdoses in a hero, uh, from heroin um, uh, in the month um, that his first album was scheduled to be released. They would later um, postpone that release, obviously due to his death, and release it about four months later. Now, with the unfortunate passing of his uh, very good friend and roommate, Chris Cornell, um, obviously very, you know, stricken by the loss of, of his good friend, uh, will go on to write a song called Say Hello to Heaven, which will later um, debut in the top of the Billboard charts and make it to number five on the Billboard charts eventually. Um, he pens it in, in honor of his good friend, um, Andrew, and his roommate. And he plans on releasing it as a solo, but he's playing it for Stone and Jeff, um, who are, you know, good friends and former bandmates of Wood. And they they want a part of it. And they're like, you know, we should, um, you know, we should record this and we should put together a band and, and put together some tribute songs and... and and essentially what you get is uh, the band Temple of the Dog. And what they're able to do is, like I said, put together this super group, or what is now known as a super group, where they're able to get Eddie Vedder to come in. Um, you have Chris Cornell. You have Stone Gosser and Amit. And then several other uh, from the, uh, the grunge area. <clears throat> the grunge area, excuse me. Now keep in mind, this is all going on while, while all three of them are currently in studio producing their very first albums. You have Chris with Soundgarden in studio working on their album, set to be released about a year later. Um, Ten by Pearl Jam is set to be released about a year later. And then you also have one who I haven't quite gotten to yet in Jerry Cantrell and Allison Chains who are working on their first album also set to be released in 91 or 92. So three huge um, rock grunge alternative bands all working together to put together this tribute album for their late great friend also while they're under the pressure of putting together their own first debut albums never really knowing how that's going to pan out just hoping i mean those first albums people are hoping are going to make it so again the timeline's kind of all intermixed a little bit but they're all in studio they're all producing their first albums nirvana goes ahead goes ahead and releases smells like teen spirit which of course takes off uh which will now be what most people think of as the kick of grunge in the mainstream which of course uh, is going to open the doors for bands like um, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains 
and you know um, some of these other bands that came from that era. Um, so they're having their success. Soundgarden is producing um, their very first album. Chris puts together another tribute song that he creates with the band called Outshined, which really becomes the catalyst that launches Soundgarden into their stardom. Uh, it's really the pinnacle song for them. Um, the other guy in the equation and the other band in the equation that really took success, if you will, um, from the tragic loss of their good friend and the inspiration, or at least what inspired a song that launched them into their career, was Alice in Change and Jerry Cantrell. Um, now, Alice in Change had already currently released their first album in Facelift, which was a great album, and it had Man in the Box on it, which is a popular song for them. But what, in my opinion, really put Alice in Chains on the map and really debuted them and really sent them into the next level of stardom was the Dirt album and the song Wood. Now, a funny little side note, all of these bands, including a release from Mother Love Bone, will all be on what I consider one of the greatest soundtracks of all time, and that is from the movie Singles. So if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend you know, finding that in your streaming and listening to that, especially if you're a fan of grunge and alternative rock, because you have um, every one of those bands and some of their songs. That's a side note. So Alice in Chains, um, Jerry Cantrell, upon kind of having some success with Facelift, he's still writing songs for their next album, Dirt, um, decides to pen um, his uh, tribute to his friend, um, Andrew, in the song called Wood. And that will eventually launch them into the next level, like I said, and really kickstart their career that they have you know can still to this day are considering or are having as a top career and and very successful and i believe will eventually be in the rock and roll hall of fame sorry can you guys tell i'm losing my voice a little bit here <clears throat> i apologize for the constant kind of clearing of my throat here but kind of got a little tickle in my throat what i cut out of this earlier was me choking on my own water which is always a great thing you know anyways so in conclusion or kind of the point of this particular podcast I, I've always found it interesting um, a the intricate you know kind of webs and the butterfly effect of a lot of music these days you know if you listen to um, some of my podcasts in the past you know like the one about Motown you know how one artist or one genre uh, will influence the next and the next and the next you know I've always found that fascinating and I think it goes unnoticed sometimes unless you really do a lot of research and stuff and in, and in this case you have um, a whole movement of music that really changed the landscape of rock and roll as you know it right now whether that's good or bad I mean, everybody has their opinion on it, um, but, you know, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and, and Stone Temple Pilots, all of these bands are going to later go on and influence the current rock 
um, musicians that you have and like um, I mean if you think of any like maybe Rise Against or some of these uh, ones that are kind of up and coming now and so that butterfly effect of how one particular person or one particular band can establish a whole you know 30 year generation of music is always fascinating to me and of course you know the other thing like I said at the beginning is I often think about the what if and how different things could be um, if if Andrew doesn't die of an overdose um, does Chris Cornell not have such horrible depression for 25 years that eventually he takes his own life sadly um, does um, Lane Staley maybe come clean from Alice in Chains and enter rehab like you know he was asked to do and maybe he doesn't die of a drug overdose and just all these different little things that the what if now as we kind of wrap this up I hope everybody kind of enjoyed this little take um, on my little butterfly effect I hope that next time you maybe are listening to some 90s uh, alternative rock and grunge music um, albeit Soundgarden or Alice in Change or something like that, that maybe you might give a little listen to maybe some Mother Love Bone and kind of see where a big chunk of this kind of started. Um, a few show notes before I finish up um, on that note. Um, I'm working on um, updating the Memory Vox playlist on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify listener or if you happen to um, use Spotify at any time. I'm putting together a playlist every once in a while. I just did one last week for Father's Day, a whole bunch of songs um, inspired by or about dads. Um, got a few shout outs from some friends. Thank you, Danielle, David, and my cousin Jenna. Um, always trying to put out on social media some different songs that I'm listening to or what I'm kind of feeling in the moment. So give those a listen whenever. I'm going to try to put together a playlist um, based on this particular podcast, and I will try to attach that link for Spotify um, in the show notes and in the um, in my mentions on my social media account. So be sure to check those out whenever possible. Um, and then another thing is um, I'm always looking for some new content. So if there's something you want me to talk about or you want to hear my opinions on, um, please feel free to hit me up. Um, Anchor has a voice message app on it that will allow you to leave me a message. So that's one way to get in touch with me. Also, I'm looking, if anybody happens to know, I'm always looking to talk to people in the industry industry so I'm looking to talk to some songwriters um, some musicians and some producers so if you happen to know any of those people please send them my way and let them know that you know there's a guy you know that has a little bitty podcast that just likes to talk music so be sure to send them my way if you have a chance so until next time, as always, thank you, and I appreciate you guys listening, and thank you for the support as always, and uh, until the next podcast, peace out. Thanks.